All right, well, let's come back to our seats as we segue into the word of the Lord this morning on this special day, Mother's Day. Give everybody a chance to regain their place. All right. Well, hey, it is so good to see all of you here today. Thank you for being with us in, in worship and, and the word and celebrating life and the gift of life, especially that mothers bring uh, to the world. And today, uh, we're actually going to be starting a, a new series uh, today. It's been a while since we've done an actual series, but felt uh, strong in my spirit to uh, start a new series uh, that, uh, that we're simply calling Epistles. Uh, the Epistles are not the Apostles' Wives. It's a letter, group of letters that were written in the New Testament. And um, they, they, it's uh, starting today. It's actually from today through the summer. So we're going to be in pretty much in the New Testament over the next several weeks, looking at different portions of the New Testament, particularly the epistles. Uh, and the, most of those were written, pretty much all of them were written, uh, with the exception of a few, by the Apostle Paul. And we're going to look at one today in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I invite you to open your Bibles with me to that. Chapter 1 is where we're going to hang out for a few minutes today. And as you get there, uh, just, uh, just wanted to let you guys know um, that um, we have Easter Sunday DVD of service available. Uh, and for those of you who would like to get a copy of that. And, um, and so anyway, want, want to let you know that those are, that those are being created. Uh, there's a lot of things happening. Your kids were in that service on stage, dancing, singing, uh, celebrating just the different aspects of the service. A lot went on that day. It was a very special day, obviously, to our faith, but for us, too, uh, with our loved ones involved. So I want to let you guys know that. Uh, also, East, uh, the month of April, pretty exciting month for us as a church. Uh, we celebrated two years, our two-year anniversary as New Life Church. That's pretty, pretty awesome uh, landmark to, to commemorate. Thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. You're part of that. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Easter was our largest attendance uh, to, to, uh, in history as New Life Church. Largest attendance ever here. Uh, it was pretty neat to see a lot of people come to hear God's word and to be exposed to his presence. And, uh, and then just a couple of weeks ago at Heart for the House, we baptized 10 people uh, to follow the Lord. That's awesome. Well, come on, we need to give God credit for that. And then also, three new members joined our church. We had New members uh, joined, those that actually you just saw them up here dedicating their children, so they're starting off the right way, join the church, dedicate their kids and, and all of that, so it's pretty awesome. And then we were able to announce as well at Heart for the House that for the first time in the history of, of our church body and ministry that the, the church is literally debt free uh, for, from now, so pretty awesome. It's pretty pretty great month. And now we're segueing into the month of May, it's a busy month with uh, graduations, uh, weddings, uh, wedding showers, all different things are happening in the life of our body. So those are good things that's going on. Uh, and again, today we're starting in Ephesians chapter 1 with epistles. And I'm titling today's message, Reigning in Christ. Reigning in Christ. And uh, this letter, uh, the Ephesians, it was written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote it while he was in prison in Rome. Uh, not for stealing cars or anything like that. Uh, he preaching the gospel. That was his crime. And uh, he was in, in, in prison in Rome. But it was during the time when he was still, forced to be still, forced to be in a lonely place, a dark place, that God used him to pen these letters to send out to the churches all around. And it was during that time where it looks like it's dark and lonely, God's like, still shines. And, and thankfully, we have these letters to guide us today. And these letters are written, they're written to believers. They're written to anyone who get, has given their life to Jesus Christ. And in this, we're going to look at this first chapter for a few minutes. And this first chapter is really important because, um, uh, because here's, here's what happens. is This chapter reminds us of a few things. It reminds us of our place in Christ. It reminds us of God's plan. God's purpose, and God's promise for our life. Those are some good things to be reminded of and to, and to jump in on. So let's take a minute and pray over this word today. Father God, thank you so much for today. All the things you're doing in our midst. Healing hearts, mending souls, 
forgiving our lives, bringing us to new places, allowing us to enter new seasons, new beginnings. Lord, thank you for taking our past away, securing our future, and reminding us we have a great life to live right now in you, a life that is one to be lived by faith. And today as we open your word, speak to us, God. Open our ears, open our eyes, give us understanding, and help us to grow a little deeper in you and grow a little closer to you as a result of it. We love you and we thank you now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody agree, can say amen. Amen. Chapter 1, verse 1, here it is. This letter is from Paul, as I told you, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. He said, I am writing to God's holy people. In Ephesus, I think it would be okay if we substituted the word Ephesus and put, I am writing to God's holy people in Jackson, right here to us. So the first thing we need to take note of is this letter is written to believers, written to followers of Jesus Christ, a direct letter. He said, these people are faithful followers of Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Verse 3, he says, all praise to God. He jumps right off the start and he says, all praise to God. To God. Why is that important? Why does this letter start with praise? Because of what's coming. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here is the why. He says it starts with praise. God our Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because we are united with Christ. What, what's the big deal with that? What's, what's to understand about that? He said, All praise to God. It starts with praise because of this. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because we are united with Christ. So there's what that means. All that heaven has to offer is at our request. Everything that heaven has to offer has been bestowed and given to us by faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. There's no pain in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. There's no dying in heaven. There's no grieving in heaven. There's no loss in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. There's no agony in heaven. There are no tears of sorrow in heaven. There's no remorse in heaven. There's no regret in heaven. None of that stuff exists in heaven. The only thing that exists in heaven is sheer and pure, unadulterated love, worship, joy, and all the things that can go along with that. In fact... Here's a little insight to that. And speaking to the Romans, Paul says this in Romans 14 and in chapter 15. He said, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but rather it is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's saying we on this earth, born again, followers of Christ, we can have God's kingdom living in us and his kingdom exists and has these ingredients, a life filled with righteousness, peace, and joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on in chapter 15 and verse 13 and he says a little prayer. He says, I prayed that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with peace and joy because you trust him. And that you will have an overwhelming confidence of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I know for me, that if I were going to pick some things to have in my heart, in my soul, living and breathing on the inside of me while I live on this earth, I would want righteousness, right standing with God. I would want peace that surpasses all understanding, regardless of what I face and what circumstances come my way. And I would want the joy of the Lord to be expressed in my life. Because I don't want to go through life sad, do you? I don't want to go through life depressed, do you? I don't want to go through life oppressed, Things weighing on me and stealing my happiness and my joy and my contentment. No, but in God, it, by Christ Jesus, we have this guarantee. Our place in Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And that is the here and the now. That is not just for then when we go to heaven. But God, through uh, Jesus taught us in his prayer in Matthew 6, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that tells us that God, when we are saved, when we are born again, we live this life on this planet in our flesh and blood, right here where it really is, where real things happen. 
You and I have been given by faith in Christ because you're united with Christ. We have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything that heaven has to offer is at our disposal. We do not have to be defeated. We do not have to be pressed down and stay down. We don't have to get knocked down and knocked out. No, we can rise up and we can have righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that is a work of heaven in our heart. That's not something you and I can fabricate and manufacture out of our own flesh because our own flesh likes to mumble and grumble and moan and groan and complain and, and blame and, call, and, and say whatever it wants to say to get its way, but by faith in Christ, you and I as Christians, we have, every, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So Paul starts it out and says, all praise to God. Why? Because we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I have righteousness in my life. I'm in right standing with God when I mess up, when I fall down. And believe me, that happens a lot. But the Bible tells us that though a righteous man falls seven times, he shall get back up. The good news is the Christian believing people can get up more then they fall down. Wherever you're at in your life today, whatever seems to get you tripped up and tangled up, there's a promise in God. Get up. Because you have right standing with God in Christ Jesus. And you have peace. And you have joy. Not manufactured, not, not something conjured up. No, real, satisfying joy. The joy of the Lord. And so that's what Paul says. He says, hey, I start with praise because if you're united with Christ, you get this. And he goes on and tells us in verse 4, he says, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Pretty neat. Before the world began, God already loved us. I know that's hard to fabric, that's hard to, to, to get right here in our, in our little minds that before anything, God loved us. And he said, verse 5, And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him good pleasure. So, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. And not only that, because we're united with Christ, and we were united with Christ because God, in Christ Jesus, adopted us. He adopted us. That means he, when, as adopted into, into the family of God... Through Christ Jesus, we have every full inheritance that Jesus has to us. So if I was filthy rich, and all of you were somehow related to me, all of you would get some of my filthy richness. Everybody would be like, oh, I know him. Mm -hmm. I sit in his church on Sundays. <laughs> I clap at his sermons. <laughs> You remember me, right, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know you. Yeah, you know, we're kin, right? Right? That's what happens. You strike the lottery ticket and everybody comes out the woodwork wanting to be your friend, right? You didn't know you had cousins until then. You thought everybody in your family had died, but no, you still got some living somewhere. Somebody says they know you, they kin to you, right? Yeah, you see, everything that Jesus has, we're adopted into and we have full inheritance of. And that's more than our minds can really fully comprehend. Why? Because we see things here. Dimly. Not real clear. In fact, Corinthians teaches us that. But if we live by faith and not by sight, that teaches us a different perspective. What does heaven have for us? And that's what Paul's getting at. You see, it gives God great pleasure that we would belong to him because that's what he wants. So he says, verse 6, so we praise God. Not only does it start with praise, it continues with praise. Our lives are meant to praise God. That's what we were created for. We will always be unhappy. We will always be unfulfilled. We will always be discontent looking for happiness and joy and contentment and fulfillment if we're not living a life that aims to praise God because that's where it fits. It, we fit in him. He fits in us. So we praise God. It continues. Why? Because of verse 7 it says, he is so rich. God is so rich. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. 
We praise Him. We start with praise. We continue with praise because He is so filthy rich. And filthy is really not the right adjective. We just say that because you're just kind of wallowing in the wealth. And what He's wallowing in is kindness. And what He has so much of is grace. And because of His kindness and His grace, He bought our freedom. What do we need to be free from? Well, the Bible tells us that outside of Christ, that we are slaves to sin and death. And it was through Christ Jesus and His blood that God bought, purchased our freedom. In other words, He bought our life with the blood of His Son, Jesus. We were bought at a high price, the highest price you could ever be bought with, and that is the blood of a sacrifice. The blood of Jesus bought with such a high price. He bought our freedom. You, you and I don't even, most of the time, we didn't realize it. We did, and then we, we came into faith, and it all lined up, and then sometimes we get lost in the mix of, of, living, through, of living life, and it, and it tends to taint our perception and skew our perception that we forget that, hey, we were slaves to sin and death. Why is that so, such a big deal? Because sin separates us from God. And the payment for sin, the Bible teaches us, is death. And so death is the payment for, for, for being separated from God for sin. And because death is, well, apart from Christ, is an eternal separation. Eternally separated. Those in, that are not in Jesus and they die, eternally separated from God. Doesn't make God happy. He doesn't want that. He wants all. And so he says, hey, he's so rich. That's why I continue to praise him. He's so rich, I don't deserve what he has to give me. He's so rich, I have let him down. Yet he's so rich, he still wants to give to me. He's so rich, and I don't think I should have it, but he somehow thinks I should. He's so rich, he's still going to just give it out to me because he's so rich in kindness. You can't unkind the kindness of God. So rich in kindness, so rich in grace that he bought our freedom. Through Christ, so therefore, he forgives our sins. He paid the price for it. Therefore, Jesus died in our place. Therefore, we don't have to be eternally separated. We can be eternally joined. Therefore, we have the full rights, benefits, privileges, inheritance that heaven has to offer. In verse 8, we continue to praise because of this. He says, he has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. That's a good shower to take every morning right there. Shower with his kindness, right? My kindness don't last long. Sometimes my kindness runs out before I pull out the driveway. But if I have his kindness showered on me, it'll stick. It'll clean me up, right? He has showered me with all kindness. And here's the thing, also all wisdom and understanding. What's that about? What's the big deal with wisdom and understanding being showered on us from God? Here's the deal. You and I, we need to be able to interpret this life that God has for us to live and have an understanding that heaven is our eternal home, not this earth. Not this earth. Nor the things in this earth that we draw so near to and worship and bow to, bow to all day, every day at different times. The things of this earth, are this earth, this world is not our inheritance. And that's why we need to be showered with God's wisdom and understanding because we need to be reminded in our day-to-day -day life, in our fast-paced world, in our social media world, in all of these things, we need to be reminded that we need to have the ability to understand the kind of life that God has for us to live. Because let's face it, you and I, we, get we can have a lot of this in our minds, but have very little in our heart. And we tend to forget. We tend to fall. We tend to wander. We tend to not stay in the straight and narrow. And here's the thing, we need God's wisdom to remind us hey, I have a better life for you. We need God's understanding to remind us, hey, the life I have chosen for you, the life I have planned for you is so much better than what you think you can plan for yourself. Amen? It doesn't mean it excuses the, the unfair treatments and the injustices and the mishaps along the way. It just so happens that in the middle of all the mess of, of the trials, the tribulations, and the valleys of life, we have God's showering kindness and wisdom and understanding to come upon us. 
to help us understand, oh, I don't really get why this is happening to me right now. I don't understand why I had to go through what I had to go through, but I trust you. You have wisdom for me. You have understanding for me, and therefore you must know what you want to do with me. You, you know how you want to use my life, how you want to, where you want to take my life. Amen? So he says that's our place. Our place is to reign in Christ. Our place, united with Christ. We're adopted. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have, we have all of these things that heaven has to offer us right here on this earth that you and I don't have to live vacant of the richness of God in our life. No, we have a God who is real, who is personal, and he is rich. I'm not talking about just financial wealth. I'm talking about other things as this scripture teaches us, kindness and goodness and graciousness and, and wisdom and understanding that teaches us, hey, there's more to life than money. There's more to life than a fine-looking car, right? There's more to life than a lot of the things that this world has so tricked us into believing is more important. Amen, Christian? Amen, church? Amen? And that's the battle you and I face, which is why we've got to be reminded quickly of this. God's plan, God's purpose, God's promise. The rest of this chapter basically teaches us this. I'm going to shorten it for time's sake. God's plan teaches us this. His plan is this, is to fulfill his good pleasure. What's his good pleasure? To adopt us, to bring us to himself. And he says this in, in, in um, Ephesians 1 around verse 10, 11, it says, he works everything out according to his plan. I know we have our plan, but God has his plan, and so what is his plan that he works for his good pleasure and he works everything out according to? That is this, to be united with him in Christ Jesus. And when we're united with him in Christ Jesus, the scripture teaches us, Ephesians 1.12 says this, that you will find out who you are and what you are living for. Probably the number one question that every human has, why on earth am I here? What am I supposed to live for? And the only way you and I, anybody, will ever truly find out what you are to live for and who you are, your identity is rooted and embedded in Jesus Christ. No one will ever truly know what they were to live for and who they really are because apart from Christ, you're not living in the image of God. We're created and and, and fashioned in the image and likeness of God. So here's the deal with that. God's plan is to unite us together in Christ. So every choice you and I make, everything you and I ever go through, everything that ever happens to us, here's what's happening. God is at work behind the scenes to ensure that you and I have every opportunity available to us to say yes to Jesus. Everything. Everything in our life. Absolutely everything. God is at work behind the scenes to set it up according to his plan. His plan is that every one of us would know him and be united with Christ. And so he is going to do it in such a way that he gives us every opportunity to say yes. He can't make you, but he can set it up so that you can. He won't force you, but he works behind the scenes. And he'll do it in such a way to give you every advantage, every opportunity to say yes God, I say yes to you. We don't get it. We don't understand it all. We won't until we get there and join and see him face to face. But while on earth, his plan is to work it out so that you and I say yes to him. That's his plan. That is ultimately his plan. That's the what. The why is his purpose. Why? Because God wants everybody he wants all people groups. He wants every person to be saved and identified in him as his own. So the good news is that there's nothing too big, nothing too great, nothing too strong that God can't handle in Jesus Christ. He finished it, he fought it, and he won. He conquered death, he conquered the grave, he conquered hell, and so he's working behind the scenes. Why? Because he loves you. He's working. He's working. He's already got it worked out. He's already got it worked out when you go to college. He's already got it worked out for you and your situation, man. He's already got it worked out for your loved ones. He's already got it worked out. He's got it all planned. He knows what is best for you. He knows what he's got set aside and, and 
and pattern and fashion for you. He's got it. And He's working. He's working. And He's given us every opportunity to say, okay, yes to Him. I trust you. I relinquish control and I'm going to let you take it from here. Amen? So God's promise. How does He do it? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 1.14 that God has given us the promise of His Holy Spirit. It's His guarantee. In other words, that word guarantee is the word that we use for earnest money. A down payment. Like on a house. And when you go to buy a house, you know you don't put $25 down because the seller's not going to take you that serious, right? you got to put something like $500,000, $1,500, $2,500 down as earnest money. And God put a big hefty price tag down, a down payment called His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It guarantees that He will give us. He's guaranteeing us. He's serious. He's not going to let us drift alone through the world. He's not going to let us walk alone on this earth. He's not going to forget about us in our pain. He's not going to m- remove Himself when we disappoint Him. No, He's going to continue to work on our behalf so that we will always say yes to him and he will give us the inheritance he promised that he purchased us to be his own people God bought you you belong to him and he did this so that we would praise and glorify him so it starts with praise continues with praise and it finishes with praise because our life was built and created to praise the living God and there's no satisfaction outside of that. That Why in the world do you think people constantly look for things to bring pleasure to their life for? And it's only going to be found in Jesus. So we're called to live a life reigning in Christ. Our place is supported by God's plan, God's purpose, and God's promise the promise of the Holy Spirit that at work in our lives. And to help me finish up today's message, I've invited a special person in our church. He's been a longtime member here ever since before I ever moved here uh, a while back. And she's from day one has always shown me kindness, always shown me support, has always shown encouragement. Uh, she knows when I've had a bad day, she just somehow finds a way of slipping in a good support comment into my life that has helped me out more ways than she knows. And so I'm going to invite a mother here in our church, Miss Diana Hurley, he's going to come. She's going to help tie this together with her testimony. And her testimony is, is one that really showcases a person who really has taken her place in Christ to live a life in this place that I just got through talking about. And as she prepares to get started, I want to read this to you on Mother's Day. To those who gave birth this year, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost the child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is. To those who foster moms, mentor, and the spiritual moms... Keep doing what you're doing because we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother, we acknowledge your painful experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, well, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be yet. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. 
to those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet the dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child dear in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors here in our midst. We remember you, moms. We honor you on this Mother's Day. Could all the mothers please stand? It's going to be like bigger than the crowd. I mean, it's huge. It's awesome. Come on, yeah. And mothers, you may be seated. We have some special chocolates for you in a really neat package, a really cool package. They're going to be, as you in a few minutes when we uh, dismiss, they're going to be at the connect table there at the back for you to pick one up. So please take one. Enjoy those chocolates before they melt or before the boys get rambunctious and take them. But Diana has a powerful story she's going to share for just a few minutes so let's give her our undivided attention. Um, in preparing for this, my 70th birthday, is this on? Don't let me spit in it. Uh, my 70th birthday was approaching and it's already passed, but the Holy Spirit was bringing to my remembrance the uh, different testimonies, the things that God has brought me through and the times I've had to trust in him and so um, this is just a thumbnail sketch of some of the things that God has done for me but in preparing my laptop computer went down and then the desktop computer went down and uh, I had physical attack on my body and just and my mind from remembering some of the things I didn't want to remember but uh, you know God is so awesome that I got over it because God reminded me he brought me through it already. I didn't have to go through it again. I was in a totally different life. And all of the money that we had to spend to replace and repair came back to us unexpected. I think I had that car when I was your age. Unexpected. And then all of that was replaced Last Thursday, we got another unexpected amount of money, and we had a person that we're connected with, not a family member, but they asked us if their car had broke down on the highway on the way home from St. Louis and asked if we could anyway help them out. And because of the blessings of God, we were able to help someone else out. And we know they're, you know, they're a good Christian person, and they attend a good church. And so that was just the favor of God working for them through us because he had blessed us. So, you know, God is awesome. You can't outgive him. You can't outdo him. And you can't get ahead of him because, you know, he, you don't know. We see finite. He sees infinite. So, you know. But um, God has just put this on my heart that through, through Holy Spirit there are some people that this could minister to. So if Carl could put up my first scripture Revelations okay you got it and this is King James because I'm old and I love the new King James and I've read all these others and we've read through the Bible several times through the years with different interpretations but this is you know, hits me. This is what I was born in, what God brought me to him in, this interpretation. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies. They did not love their lives to the death, so they gave their life to Jesus Christ. They overcame him 
who is the accuser of the chosen children of God, Satan, the devil, the enemy, who, whatever name you want to give him. But that's how God set us up to do. I have this, so keep me off of rabbit trails. And hopefully get you out of here before 2 o'clock. Isn't that when our reservation is? Okay. Um, but, you know, God has just done so many awesome things that it was really hard to just, you know, bring it all together. But in, I'm going to start out before God, BG um, and BD before Dan. But <laughs> you can look at me and you can see the scars on my flesh from being molested as a child and abused and being battered and abused as an adult. But, you know, those are scars. They're there. It's a roadmap to your life. You cannot see the, the scars of the mental abuse of being told how worthless and how I had no value all of my life and, and being kept under control by those kind of words so that I didn't have the will to fight back. And I do now. But... Um, at age 36, I've been a Christian 34 years. So I'm 70. Yay, I'm in working towards my 71st year. But at age 36, I was in a situation that uh, no mother should ever have to face. One of my children, my, one of my little girls, was taken by a man in a black truck. And a fear took over and gripped my heart so tightly. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I didn't know anything, and I just cried out, God, if you are real, if you do exist, send my child, my 11-year-old child, back to me unharmed. And a peace just come over me, just took everything out of me, just the peace of God that everybody in the house that was there with me felt it, and they knew it was going to be okay. And John 14, 27 tells us, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now that is a scripture that I learned after that, that applied to that situation. God did that for me and I didn't even know it. All fear, all dread, um, hopelessness that I had, not knowing where she's at, not knowing where to find her, not knowing what to do, left me. And a few hours later, my child walked through the door unharmed and back in my arms. You know, what a God. What a God. So I thought when I confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, everything would be peace-filled like the house that day. Um, you know, there's no greater deception when we deceive ourselves and say, you know, it's okay. God don't care that you do that. It's okay. That's a great deception. And please, especially young people, don't fall for that kind of a trap. But um, things were so wild and crazy. My children didn't want to change their routines, and they really didn't want to go to church you know, and be different. My husband had hated the change that was in me because I wasn't running the bars with him anymore. I was different. I wasn't his accomplice in sin. And he threatened us. He threatened me. He threatened the children. He threatened our church. He threatened our neighbors who were Christians that prayed for us. So please, please, please pray. God hears those prayers. Even if you don't know who that person's name is behind that door, if you feel like praying for that person, that house, that situation, pray. You know, it's so important. It made a humongous difference in my life to be next door to those people. God, uh, this went on for a little while, and then God sent a few years I don't like to put number on years because, you know, I might remember it wrong and I sure don't want to lie when I'm telling about the goodness of God. That would just be so bad. But, you know, I fought through and kept going to church even though it was 
hard because I had a fear in me that what if I lied to God? What if I didn't carry through the promise that I made when he brought my child back to me? Something terribly worse could happen, maybe even to all three of them. I wasn't worried about myself. It was At that time, it was my children that I was uh, responsible for and caring for. So uh, an evangelist from Oklahoma came to our church, and his wife didn't know anything about me. Uh, she just came, sat down beside me on the pew and said, you know, we had pews. <laughs> I didn't like them. But sat down beside me and told me it was okay that I got a divorce because God wanted his daughters to have a live in a pleasing surroundings. And I'd never heard any phrases like that, and it stuck with me all these years. And so I was able to get away from that situation and bring my children out. But then I felt like a failure because I didn't stay and influence my husband to be saved. And I was dragging my children into a greater poverty than we already lived in. So this is when I had to have a big trust in God and big faith that he would be with me and not leave me. And uh, Psalms 50. Carl. (laughs) Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And then the next one is Jeremiah. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, that's what God gave to me, a future and a hope. But one thing that hit me, God, the creator of all universe, thought about me. Worthless, no good, will amount to nothing. God didn't say that. God thought about me for a future and a hope. And that just kind of, you know, turned my crank, set me on fire, got me going in the right direction, whatever the terminology is. But he showed me, Holy Spirit shows me things, and we say, oh, God told me, and I heard from God. That's Christianese, and I can't help it. I've been doing it for 34 years. But uh, it's like you have an unction in your heart in your mind, in your spirit. Some people say intuition, but it's God, it's Holy Spirit. Whether you're saved or not, you know, God guides you and to bring you to the place he wants you so he can talk to you. But he showed me how to repair rotten floors in my trailer. He showed me how to work on my own car, what it was exactly wrong, so I wouldn't go around messing with it too many things and get too greasy. He showed me how to earn extra money to buy gas and food by mowing my neighbor's yards with a lawnmower that my praying neighbor had put together and given to me. You know, God sets everything out in a plan. And they were no longer our neighbors in our house, but they were still neighbors in our hearts. Dan's favorite thing is when God turned three potatoes into a full Thanksgiving dinner. The Living in the trailer park with my kids, um, not having a lot of money, but, you know, just doing what you got to do. You just do what you got to do. And praise God every day that you have another day to do what you got to do. But uh, my the girl that babysat for me some, she uh, didn't have any food in her home, and I had five potatoes and some flour, and I'm not a great cook, but I know how to make gravy and biscuits. But uh, so I gave her three potatoes, and a short time later, I can't say it was the next day, it might have been the next day, two days later, uh, God moved on a lady that I knew from a, a prayer group and had her bring me a Thanksgiving turkey and everything you needed to make a big Thanksgiving meal. I mean, gallon cans of veggies, not just a 14-ounce can. The only problem was my oven didn't work. It hadn't worked for over a year. I had had people look at it. It was gone, you know, just gone. And I said, God, you wouldn't send me this money, I mean, this food, 
to, to uh, make this big feast if I didn't have a way to cook it. And I don't have money to repair the oven, so would you please repair it for me? So I t stood in faith. I said, okay, I'm, I'm hard-headed now, you know, in God. I know God's going to do something. So I prepared the meal, got it ready, turned the oven on. It worked. It kept working until a couple years later when we moved, it was still working. You know, God is such an awesome repairman, isn't he? He repaired my soul. But that was, that was one of Dan's favorites. Uh, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. His riches in glory. It doesn't matter what we see. You know, whatever he can cause a sinner to bring you a sack full of groceries if he wants to. I've heard that before. And uh, through Christ Jesus, that's all he asks, is that you just accept his son, which he gave freely to you as a gift. God enlightened my mind, you know, from being uh, not able to learn anything and no one cared whether I learned anything. No one coached me. In Ephesians 36, 26, Carl, I, Ezekiel, what did I say? I'm sorry. <laughs> but I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Now that I claim for the, the brokenness and the emptiness and the scars that were on my heart at that time, but you can claim that scripture for heart disease also. But um, there's no scars on my heart now. God has washed away all my wounds, all my sins from my past, and let me start fresh. John six forty four. hope that's right. <laughs> no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. God the Father draws you to the Son so that you can accept the Son as your Lord and Savior. He knows you. He sees you. He wants you. He draws you in. Nobody goes out, I found Jesus. Well, Jesus has never been lost. You know, he's never been lost. We know where he is. So God the Father draws you. That is so important to me that somebody as awesome as God wanted me, knows me, and draws me to come and accept his son as my Lord and Savior. I mean, that just, you know, to... For him to have chosen me, to me, I'm his favorite daughter. I am. And I look at Haley because there was a class, and everybody is his favorite daughter. Miss Betty is his favorite daughter, his beloved. I'm his favorite daughter because he chose me. Second uh, Timothy For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. And that's the way I have read that scripture to myself. That is my go-to scripture. When things come against us, you know, just because you accept God doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. You're going to have tests, so you can have a testimony. But that spirit of a sound mind held me together a lot, a lot of times. I learned to be obedient in tithing, Deuteronomy 26. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, that means you're an obe obedient child, which includes don't sin anymore. And 
don't covet your money, give your tithes and your offerings to be an obedient child of God. One of Dan's favorite testimonies in his life is the place that he worked had a raise freeze on, but he got a raise anyway. And then when it was evaluation time, with the raise freeze on, he got another raise. So God will give you favor with man when you have an obedient heart. When you obey his word, it's a simple thing. It's not hard. Start little, work your way up. Just obey. Whenever things come against me, I learn to pray, God, what is it you want me to learn in this? Let me learn it quickly and get through this test. Let me learn what the testimony is. You know, help me, help me. And Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think because the power that works in us is God's power. He fills us with his son. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He, he comes and dwells with us. We are seated in high places with Lord Jesus. We have authority over the enemy and the things that would come against us. So, you know, we just have to be obedient. That's all he asks. We, don't, we can't work our way into salvation. We just accept Jesus Christ. We just, we're just obedient. He um, enlightened my mind so that I could learn. I got into a business college, and halfway through the course, they were looked in the files. I had no high school diploma. I was stupid, stupid, stupid. I had no GED. So I had scored good on the entrance exam because of my Bible study, because I was so hungry to know God that I was reading and reading and reading. And so they allowed me to stay in the course while I got my GED. So 22 years after I was a high school dropout, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> this is for the young people. <laughs> I passed a college course, got my GED, all with high scores. Only an awesome, creative God could do that. I can't take any credit for it. God did it all. Oh, if you uh, practice obedience in tithing and do the things that God wants you to do, he will bring people across your path that you can minister your testimonies to and help you, uh, help them without even knowing that you're ministering to them. Just, you know, we've sat in our yard before and somebody asks us a question and we're just able to relate to them different areas in our life that God has ministered to us, helped us, shown us the way through with scriptures. God is just, you know, he is so awesome. He is so awesome. And you referred to the adoption. When Dan adopted Danielle... The judge told Dan, you cannot refuse her, you cannot disown her. Her natural mother can disown her, but you cannot because it's a legal adoption. All right, what does the Bible say in Romans 6? Eight, I'm sorry, I don't have my cheaters up here. But he has a sheet with all my scriptures. <laughs> For you do, did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So I'm not bound to fear anymore. I don't have to fear whether I'm going to get food, whether I'm going to pay my bills, or what my children are going to do. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So everything God does is legal. Jesus Christ on the cross, the 
perfect lamb sacrifice for all sin, for all time, fulfill the law. The adoption of us is a legal binding uh, that holds us to him. He can't refuse us. He can't disown us. He writes our name in his hand. Our name is written in his hand. How does God write? With a finger on stone. He can write on a rock. So what is carved in his hand is, is carved in his hand. It's not falling off. He can't, you know, no matter how stinky you are. You know, if you got a child, go away, you're too dirty. I don't want to hold you. He can't do that. He says, come on. And climbing up into my arms, you pass through my hands. I'll clean you and set you free. I believe that we have come to this time now that God is going to manifest his presence with us more than, than we've known before in our homes, in our churches, on our job sites, everything. I believe that more and more we're going to see healing of spirit, healing of bodies, healing of knees. People are, it's just, if you just are obedient to God, and don't love your life unto death, but love Jesus Christ, then we're going to experience a revival, a more presence of God just walking in, like what we had Easter Sunday, that just, that wave that just came through and just refreshed everybody's soul, you know, and just lift you up. And those are the kind of things that God wants to do for us if we are obedient and love him. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Diana. You guys appreciate her testimony? I would, I would encourage you, if you want to know more, she would probably treat you to a coffee or something. And, or you could treat her and... Uh, she could tell you more. She's a good person to stick close to, as you can tell. Listen, I'm going to invite you guys to stand. I want to say a final prayer over you today. It's actually at, right out of Scripture, out of Ephesians 1. It's the last few Scriptures of that first chapter that Paul wrote. You see, he taught and he, he wrote and to express our place in Christ, as Diana talked about learning and growing in that, discovering God's plan and God's purpose and having the available promise of the Holy Spirit to operate in our life, that's how we do this thing, that he ends that chapter with a prayer. And so I want to pray that prayer over you today. If you, in your heart, in your life, you know, I, wanna, I don't want to be below or beneath what God has for my life. That I want to live right where he wants me right in the middle of his will, right in the place of faith where I know that God is with me and God is for me, that he'll never leave me or forsake me. With In your heart today, in your life, if that's you, you say, man, I, I just really, I, I don't want to live outside of what God has for me. I want to live where he wants me. And I might not understand it all or have all the answers, as you heard to this testimony of Diana, but trusting God, learning to be obedient, obedient to him, he'll get you where you need to go. So if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and receive from, from the prayer this morning. It's the same prayer Paul wrote. Here it is. Today I thank God for you all. And I pray for you because of your strong faith in Jesus and your love for people everywhere. I pray that you will have spiritual wisdom and revelation to grow in the knowledge of God. I pray today that your hearts will be flooded, overflowing with light, to know with confident hope that you belong to Jesus. I pray today that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power in your life. It's His mighty power that caused Jesus to come from the dead, and He does the same for you who believe. His mighty power made Jesus to be far above everything 
And because Jesus is far above everything, by faith in Him, we too can live life above and not beneath. His mighty power made Jesus to fill the church, that is, His body, you and me, completely. So I pray that you will be filled completely with Christ Jesus and that your wants will be what He wants, that your desires will be what He desires, that your longings be His longings, your dreams be His dreams, your joy be His joy, your peace be the peace of God, your life be His life in you and through you. And I pray that you live for the glory of the Lord with every fiber of your being. In Jesus' name. If you receive that today, just say amen and amen. Happy Mother's Day. May every one of you know that you're loved by God and that you have a place in God's family.